What's good, y'all? What's up with it? It's your girl, Poppy. And I'm Joanna, but you can call me Joe. What's up, y'all? It's Sierra. And you're tuned in to Girl, Let Me Tell You. So I want to know for our question of the day, how would you define a boss and what being a boss is? Sierra, you start. Okay. Um, so for me, a boss lady, a boss is just a woman that can handle her own in all categories. So, you know, as far as like personality, like she's just nice, she's kind, you know, she carries herself well in finances, you know, she she has some smarts about that. You know, she know how to carry the finances, you know, in work. You know, she she's confident. She can speak up. You know, she just handles her own in like all categories, even when it comes to like motherhood and being a sister, a friend. She just she just hold it down. Period. She does it all. I love that. What about you, Poppy? For me, I think boss women can show up in many different ways and in many different areas of life like there's there's some people I know who are like bosses in their field but I could never I could never you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I just think when I see a woman that is that knows what she's doing knows where she's going and how to get there um, and she's able to confidently speak for herself and confidently you know go after her dreams and go after her goals that is what just like inspires me. I would definitely agree with y'all's definition of a boss woman mentality, but I would also add that for me, that person is someone who I feel inspired by. Somebody who like, I can see that they posted an accomplishment on Instagram and I'm laying in the bed and I'm like, let me get up and go do something with myself. Let me make some career moves, some money moves. Like I got decisions to make. Someone who just allows me to feel encouraged to get up and continue doing what I'm doing. Um, And that's why I chose my guest for today. And I'm just inspired by her boss mentality. She just embodies that for me. So I'm excited to have Idisha Shanklin on with us today. And just for us to get to know her a little bit better and what it means to be a Black woman in the law field. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Adisha Shanklin. I grew up in the Oak Cliff area. I went to undergrad, which is where I met Joanna, at UNC Denton, where I pursued a degree in political science. Um, I had plans on going to law school, couldn't get in the first time, so I had to take a year off. I worked for a statewide for a statewide campaign here, helping someone run for U.S. Senate. And then after that, I was able to go to law school. So I'm in my last semester. I'm graduating May 13th. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, and I also have a job lined up. So I will be working in family law starting in August, August the 1st. So I'm really excited to be here. Oh my wow. gosh, that is awesome. I love that, I love that yes. so much. Well, Absolutely. thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming on and just really sharing more about who you are, your mind, your time. We appreciate you so, so much. Um, so just to kind of get us started, being a lawyer comes with a lot, a lot of time, a lot of work, money, effort, 
Was there like a defining moment um, for you that made you say, you know what, this is what I want to do. And this is why I want to do it. Okay. Yes. So when I was like um, 15 years old, um, my dad had picked me and my brother up. We were, you know, riding around with him, just having a family day. A cop came up um, and the cop came up to the car and let's just say he's very disrespectful to my father. Um, and my father wound up getting arrested in front of myself and my brother. Mind you, I was 15. My brother is three years younger than me. So we didn't have the ability to sort of drive the car home. So I remember us being stranded downtown Dallas for like an hour and a half until my mom could get off from Parkland Hospital to come and pick us up. When my father got arrested, I noticed that none of the cops looked like me. And so that was the defining moment where I was like, okay, there is an issue, right, with diversity within this profession. And so from that moment on, I said, I will be the person in my family or rather friends or loved ones. I will be the person they can go to anytime they need any sort of legal help. And so I didn't know specifically what I would do at that moment, but I knew I would be doing something within the legal profession. And so since then, I have been relentless about trying to pursue this field. Wow. That's that such, a, such a like crazy story. I, I didn't even know that. And I can honestly tell you that I can see your determination in the way that you've just sort of put yourself out there and making sure it's known that I'm Aisha, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to make some change because the world's not changing. I'm just telling you the effort that you're putting in definitely doesn't go unnoticed. I wanted you to touch on some accomplishments that you've just um, experienced throughout your time as a law student and from undergrad and graduating and all that kind of stuff. So um, so I was the boss of president. So we have an organization called the Black Law Students Association because as you all know, we are the minority. Uh, we mm -hmm. make up less than 5% of the legal profession. And so we created an organization which is implemented to ensure that Black students are supported because a lot of times, you know, the these institutions are pushing for diversity, but they're not ensuring that Black students are actually staying there, right? So the okay. question always is, how can we get them there, but how can they stay? That's the main issue. And so when I came into law school, my 1L year, y'all know that, that was 2020. We were in the middle of a pandemic. So we were on Zoom. This is the first year where we're actually on campus. Before that, we were on Zoom. And it was very difficult. We came in with 20 Black students, and now we're down to five. Wow. And so I came in, I'm like, this is a problem, right? What is happening, right? Y'all did all of this to ensure that we get here. Y'all proclaim to be the best school in America for African-American students, but you're not protecting African-American students. And so from that point on, I said, okay, I'm a 1L. I really don't need to be running for positions. But I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to run for boss of president, right? So that I can ensure that the next class of Black students that come after me, that they are protected and they we're helping them stay here. So at last year, that 1L class that came into Black students, not even one of them dropped. We I know that's right. Nice. I know that's right. Oh right. my gosh. I and am so living for this. Anyone that's going into a space, if you want to be, you want to make some change, you have to be the change that you want to see. Currently, I'm on the regional board. So now I work with um, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma. I'm working with every law, Black Law Students Association across those four states to help them ensure that their members are also staying within the institution. Girl, Girl, period. 
<laughs> Let me tell you. No, I love that. I love that. And you know, okay. what I appreciate is how when you came into this room, first of all, you set the tone as you should. Second mm -hmm. of all, you you told us about this really intimate experience that you had with the law and how that kind of changed the trajectory of your mindset. And then the word that you used was relentless. And I can see that just from my first time meeting you on this podcast, I can see that drive and I can see that relentless pursuit that you have to get where you need to be. And I see why you want to do it. So I just want to say thank you um, because I know one day you're going to be out here in these streets, girl. I'm gonna be like, I knew her. I just think this is just really cool. I'm so glad that you have found kind of your 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 place. Um, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. And I remember um, like Aisha said, we met when I was in, I think my freshman year at UNT. Child, I was like maybe five years ago. Child, I just remember my first impression of Aisha. She, for me, embodied that boss mentality that we were talking about. I feel mm -hmm. like she walked in and commanded the room, and we were all like, "Don't talk. She's talking. <laughs> She's in charge." And I just remember being like, "That is someone who I can look up to. Someone who inspires me to have that mentality as well." So I admire your confidence and just the way that you're speaking on the Zoom. I'm like, "Girl, I'm ready to go take over the world." Just from hearing you <laughs> talk and all yeah. these accomplishments that you made. Thank you. Yeah, no, literally, I just feel like strength. I'm like, ooh, Sierra, like you just yeah. like bringing me up. And I love yes. that. And so I did want to ask you, so in that, in your pursuit and being confident and being a leader and being a boss, like what tips would you give people who face hard times or who is met with a difficulty? How do you keep going? So I have one tattoo on me. It'll be the only tattoo I have. And it says faith, right? So I truly believe the same statement that you have to walk by faith, but not by sight. Um, this journey for me has been difficult. Um, I've lost both of my grandmothers along this journey. Uh, my father is currently retired because he has uh, neurological issues. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things going at home. Um, but what keeps me grounded is the fact that I know that those who love me want to, you know what I mean, ensure that I am all that I can be. So that's the reason why I give 110% because I do have a lot of people that depend on me. So the piece of advice that I would give people is to have faith. And then uh, a, a side note, aside from that, as Black women also, when you are maneuvering into spaces where you are the minority, right? Just always remember that you are enough. But sometimes it, it can be difficult to walk into spaces and feel like you belong. So always tell yourself, I am enough. I do belong here, right? God put me here for a reason. You know what I mean? I'm going to give my best. And even if no one in this environment likes me, I'm gonna walk away knowing that I gave everything that I could give to be in this space. So just like always remember that, know that you belong. I wanted to ask on the lines of just knowing your worth and knowing that God put you on the earth for a purpose. You mentioned that you had to reapply for law school um, a second time. So did you have that same mindset? And was that the same thing that motiva motivated you to reapply that second go around? Um, honestly, when I got knocked out of those schools, I'm just, just like, and my mom said, like, forget them. Like, y'all, like, you know what I mean? I'm bringing all of this to the table and y'all mm -hmm. acknowledge that. So I was very angry at first and I found out I didn't get accepted. 
Um, but then it comes to a point to where you do have to have some sort of self-realization, right? So anytime you're in a situation where things are not panning out the way you want them to pan out, you have to ask yourself, well, what could I have done different, right? How can I do better, right? Am I really giving 110% of what I needed to give? And the answer to that question, I was like, no, well, I'm not. I didn't study hard enough for the LSAT. I didn't ensure that I had the best recommendation. So how about this? I'm, so I made a promise of God. I said, God, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to give this 100% of myself. I'm going to reapply. So it's the same institutions that deny me. And I said, if I come out on the bad side of this again, I will give up. That, 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 that to me means that you want me to go a different path in my life. So I took a year off, moved back home, which was very difficult, moving back home after you've been on your own for four years. So that was an adjustment because, you know, you got your mama and your busy. Yeah, mm, child, <laughs> girl, let me and tell you. I was like motivated once I got back there. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to do whatever I can do to, to get out of here <laughs> and to do what I, what I really want to do. And so I reapplied to all the same schools. I had a 136, which I don't know whether y'all are familiar with law school, but like the lowest you can have is like a 130. So I was at the bottom of the totem pole and I had so many people telling me, you know, you should just consider going to grad school. You should just get a job, right? Went back home, got a job working for the statewide campaign. The individual I worked for found the law school that I'm currently at. So he was able to write me a recommendation letter. And he also gave me the ability to study for the LSAT. So when I went back and I took it, I scored a 149. And I think the lowest I needed was a 146. So they were able to bring me in. And I also got full scholarship. Looking back on that, I'm thankful that I did have that year off. And I think, I think honestly, sometimes God will allow you to rest and when you won't rest yourself. Um, and I think sometimes those those times when you do have to go back home, when you do have to take a break, God is wanting you to sit in that and say, hey, talk to me for a little bit. Now, before you get into this next step, there's some things I need you to work on. There's some things I need you to, to know. And I think the way that God can kind of craft your story and craft your life. Um, and if you allow him to do that and work with him through that, the growth that you have is really beautiful. Um, and when you get to the other side, you're like, oh, okay, I see why we did that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And I wanted to ask too, cause you mentioned, um, black people only occupy a small percentage of like the legal field. Um, why do you think it's important for more black women to occupy this field? I think that it is extremely motivating when you go into a space and you see someone else that look like you. So for example, one of the, the firm that just recently hired me, um, I'm one of two black women. We have four offices and they only have two black attorneys. So I'll be the second one coming in. Um, and so when I came there to, to my job, I started last year in February, there was another black attorney there who unfortunately left within a month of me coming. And the second that I walked into that space, y'all, she welcomed me with her open arms. And even when she left her last day, she said, I'm not, no longer going to work here, but I'm going to continue to support you and be your mentor. Mm -hmm. Every month since she has left, and even last week, she is taking me to lunch, taking me to coffee, asking me what I need. And that is the reason why it's important to have someone that looks like you in this space, because certain things that I deal with as an African-American woman, my white counterparts, they may be able to empathize with me, but they will never be able to completely understand 
what it's like to be. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. is the reason why diversity is so very important. And to be quite honest, they really don't want us in these spaces, right? Which is the reason mm-hmm. why they didn't want us to read and write. They don't want us to be educated. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why they're yeah. all taking away what? The Black History Month stuff from all of the textbooks, right? Because Girl, they you better speak it. <laughs> you better speak it. They can take away our knowledge, man. They can do a lot of destruction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I'm going to continue to use my platform to ensure that I'm helping Black students continue to enter into these spaces, no matter what they're trying to do. And mm-hmm. so that's the responsibility that I have. We're just talking about that, too, on our first episode that we recorded, Mm -hmm. um, just about Black History Month and why it's important to understand um, there's just the history of our people and so much that we've contributed to this nation. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. That's why we're all like, yeah. Yeah, because we we literally just talked about it on episode one. Yes. (laughs) Yes, for sure. That's beautiful. Okay, so as y'all know, it is Women's History Month, so it's all about us and celebrating our accomplishments and just reflecting on those that came before before us and just acknowledging why it's important to understand all the doors that they've opened for us. And I just want to talk about those women who inspire us. So my question for you ladies is... Who is someone that you admire, that you look up to, um, whether it be in the media, in your own specific career, um, just in your community, whatever the case may be? I think just in general, um, I gained so much inspiration from so many different people. Y'all know I have my hand in so many different buckets. I'm just like, oh, I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. But I think today I'm going to give my flowers to Serena Williams. Um, I... Never played tennis a day in my life. Never will play tennis. But watching her as a child when she and her sister were just like killing it in tennis. And like my mom would be like, sit on the couch. We finna watch tennis. And I said, let's watch it. Like, what do you mean? And just growing up and watching her just break so many barriers and so many walls within that sport and within that realm to see her now as an adult play her last match like y'all I was crying I was bawling like literally bawling and I just think just she's just amazing and I love her so much and I think that she's just done so much work for the field for women in sports for women in general um she's always just been an inspiration for me so for me I would have to say Priscilla Shire she is a pastor, motivational speaker. Like she talks about Jesus and everything. Uh, she's a wife, a mother. She's just like a kind woman. And she's just like so soft at the same time. So she kind of reminds me a lot of myself and also my aspirations. So it's just like to see someone doing kind of like, not what I want. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be on the stage. Like, I tell you about Jesus, but I ain't trying to be on the stage. Uh, <laughs> Jesus said I ain't trying to be on stage. No. <laughs> don't be on the stage. Don't pass me a mic, but I got you. Uh, but just to see her, and she just, she's soft-spoken, but has so much authority and just humble. And it's just like, oh my goodness. Like I saw, I went to a conference last February and I saw her and I don't fangirl, but that con- she had you was being girly okay <laughs> she knows she was <laughs> girl i was losing my mind <laughs> yeah so, i would just say priscilla shire for sure beautiful soul the woman that inspires me the most is sarah jakes roberts mm-hmm. she is just absolutely amazing she's a speaker she's a pastor a wife she hosts um her women's conference 
And she actually wrote a book, which I'm still in the process of reading because I'm not a reader, but we're going to get that done. I just love the confidence that she exudes and the way that she just commands the stage. Like you can just see the anointing just all over her. Um, I've watched so many of her messages, live stream, Instagram. Um, she's just gone viral. And I think she plays a really big part in making sure the gospel is known across all different types of platforms. Aisha, what about you? Who inspires you? Um, the Beyonce. Okay. Period. Um, no, that's right. Okay, thirty-two Grammys. Let me just put that out there. Thirty-two. Yes. Thirty-two. But Beyonce is just like when you think of the word boss, like Beyonce is the epitome of boss, right? Mm -hmm. She has three kids and she's managing her businesses and she is a phenomenal performer and singer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so she is just such an inspiration for me to just like keep going, you know? And mm -hmm. she's a perfectionist. So she's gonna, she always gives 110% mm -hmm. to perfecting her craft. And I, I love that about her. I just, I don't know. I just love women in general I feel like women have a strength that is just unmatchable it's just mm -hmm. unmatchable we, we we literally do it all I didn't realize the strength that a woman had or that women possess you know like I see it I see women doing amazing things and I love it I applaud it I'm here for it but I think it hits different when like you have a child of your own and then every single day is like dang I'm actually doing a lot and I'm balancing this and I'm going to school and I'm going to work and it just it just hits different so I always have like a another level of respect just for any woman that is out there that is a, a mom and that is in her own right just doing what she needs to do for not only herself but for a child or for a family and I just think it's it's just a really beautiful thing that that we need to really take pride in, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's my, that's my additional spiel on women yeah. and just, just being bosses because it does, it does hit different. It really does. And I love that we're taking the time to honor women. Cause like all of us said, like we, we see each other out here just doing what we're just trying to do, you know, uh, fulfilling our purpose. And People don't know how much that is like an inspiration. Not only to see like black women, you know, bossing up doing what they have to do, but just like women in general, because like this can be like a very male dominated just world. I mean, can so, it be or is it? Let's is be it now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> it's male dominated. <laughs> so just to see us out here, I think it's it's wonderful. And just to give women honor is just, it's so powerful. So I love that. I love women too. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, and I think like, it, even though it's really good to see, I feel like there's always like an expectation of, okay, since you're a woman, you can do all these things. Like you got to be strong all the time and you have to put mm -hmm. on that face all the time. And I'm sure we all have moments when we've gotten to a place where it's like, I just don't feel like being strong today I just want to be a little sad I just want to be you know to myself and I want to have my moment and I think that that's okay so my question to y'all because I always have questions is when you get to those moments where you don't really feel like being the strong woman or the strong friend or whatever the case may be what gets you out of that and how do you overcome that so the one thing about me which people don't know I'm a cancer okay so me too girl 
I'm gonna cry it out, and I'm not afraid to cry it out. I'm not afraid to express how I feel, and I'm not. I'm also not afraid to set boundaries. I'd rather communicate with my friends. So that was something that my parents taught me very early on. My dad always says, "Communication rules a nation. Communication rules a nation. Closed mouth, understood." Those are different things that we acquire, and so I am not afraid to express to someone, um, even my boyfriend. Hey, right now, I, I love you. I know we ain't talked all day, but I just need a date on myself. Or hey, sis, like. You know, I I've been putting together the last few brunches. Y'all y'all gonna have to step up to the plate because I'm 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 pouring too much into a cup that y'all are not fueling me, pouring back into me. Mm -hmm. So you have mm -hmm. to communicate. And then also, you know, as a black woman, sometimes we go 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 because once again we go into these marginalized spaces where we have to give 110. percent We have to give more than the person next to us. And sometimes we get burned out quick. And we don't give ourselves time to just rest, or, you know what I mean, and take a step back. So like every month, like every two weeks, I'll go to like the spa or, you know, go get my nails done or get my hair done. I'm going to do something to pour into myself, right? Because mm -hmm. if you are not, if you are not here, guess what? The job is still going to be open. The job is still going to be open with or without you being there. So you really have to learn how to communicate and you have to give yourself time to just relax and be with yourself. Mm -hmm. that's good and I'm a cancer too girl so I don't got no problem with crying I'm gonna let you know I'm emotional today <laughs> and this is how I'm feeling um I feel like I'm an introvert with extroverted tendencies so I tend to just put myself into a lot of things and then I have to go back and say how is Joanna doing okay let me check in with myself I think that that's super important I have no problem saying no um, and we talked about that on the episode too, like managing mm -hmm. that and, you know, just trying to be about your own business, but still supporting other people. Me, <laughs> another day. I'm on the spectrum where I'm just going to say no. Poppy, can you? No. <laughs> Poppy, will you? No. <laughs> hey, can you say what you do? No, I cannot. <laughs> like, I just, I will just say no. Um, So I'm learning and I'm navigating that space. But I think just as a Black woman in general, when you are working in, ooh, as a minority in your field, it can be draining. And so mm -hmm. um, I am working on not always being everywhere and knowing like, it's okay if I miss this one event or it's okay if I don't be here. Um, I'm not necessarily needed in that space. And so I just think it's managing the time and knowing when you are getting to that point of maybe a burnout or when you are getting to that point of like, I'm getting really tired. And instead of letting yourself get there, knowing kind of your your stressors and knowing, okay, mm -hmm. I'm getting a little anxious. I'm getting a little stressed out. I think it's because I need a break instead of getting all the way to the burnout. And then you're just like, I have nothing to give. Um, Cause I never want to be at a place where I have nothing to give. Um, I always want to be at a place where if I can't have my cup filled by others that I'm at a place mentally and physically where I can fill my own cup and allow God mm -hmm. to fill that cup for me. Um, so I think it's just really managing and knowing yourself and knowing what your limitations are. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I, I love hearing that from you all because like with Poppy, like I'm working on saying no, like with Joanna, like I'm working on expressing my feelings without like sounding me being aware of like their sensitivity level. And then like with Aisha, like with self-care and getting your nails done, like I'm working on self-control because I'll get my <laughs> nails done and I'd be like, 
do these toes too. I'm like, I need some more hair products. I'm like, I'm hungry now. Like, I have no time. I'll just spend all the money. And so, but I love, you know, what you all are saying. And so for me, I'm someone who's just like, team, take a day off. Team, turn off your phone. Do not disturb. Um, so that's kind of what She's I very do right now. Is. Very yes. much is. Very much so. <laughs> I'll be trying. I'll be like, oh, see, so yeah, there's people out there turn your phone on. She'll just disappear. Yeah. And I'll be like, hello. We still exist. <laughs> We've got to prep for an episode. And your phone's that's, off. That's your self-care. Disconnecting sometimes. And saying, you know what? I just need some time for myself. That's your way of withdrawing mm-hmm. from everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think that also speaks to the whole boss mentality that we were talking about earlier, though. Like, yes, boss women go, 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 and they're good at what they do, and they just kind of own their field. But do you have the ability to, like Adisha did, like take a step back, self-reflect, and take some time off and do what you need to do and then come back and come back even stronger. Um, I think that mm-hmm. speaks for me even more volumes to your ability to be a boss in your own right. So that's good. Good points. Good points that mm-hmm. we're making. And let's get into this gig real quick. <laughs> One thing that I yes. also um, want to point out about Women's History Month and Black History Month is that they both actually started off as just a week of appreciation. Just a week. They was like, you know what? We'll give you a week. Um, they were like, women, yeah, y'all do a lot. We'll give you a week. But it wasn't until for Women's History Month specifically um, in the early 1980s before Congress was like, actually, no, Women's History Month. They deserve mm-hmm. a month because they have done so many beautiful, hardworking things for our nation, for our country, for women in general. And so it actually didn't become a month until like, I think 1987, late 80s, we're going to say late 80s, but it took an entire like 10 year gap basically for it to go from a week of celebration, acknowledging it just in general to Mm -hmm. actually becoming a full out women's history month. Um, And I just think it's just a testament again to, I don't, I hate to say it, but marginalized groups because women, (laughs) we can sometimes be marginalized we can be the Mm -hmm. minority um in different fields and things like that and so I just think it goes to show a lot just in general of it's not just a race thing it's not just an ethnicity thing sometimes it's a gender thing um and Mm -hmm. I think we know that but I think it's it's interesting to know the history of women's history month and be like dang like if we really are on a come up (laughs) Mm -hmm. nah for real for real they tried to give us a cute little week and then they realized we're just too sickening so they said baby they we need to give them a whole month and might I say this is my opinion but when women show up and come into these male dominated spaces all of the spaces I feel like we just do it better oh I think we just have ability just to we just show up and just we just do it better perfect example Serena Williams she can be any man on a tennis court, and nobody touching her. Easy. That's all I have to say. We just Easy we money. just make everything better. Period. It's just lit being a woman. One thing I also want to add to that I've noticed just in like the higher education sector is they're uh, appointing more women presidents of universities. Um, and mm-hmm. from my own just outside eyes looking in, when a woman a woman becomes a president of a university. It just kind of works a little bit better. Yeah. Um, she she's more involved. She's in the community. She's talking to the students. People actually know who the president of the university is. Nine times out of ten, if it's a woman, when it's dominated by a man, 
you might see him walking into the office building. He might mm-hmm. show up for an event. Um, he might, he might, um, but a woman does. Um, and it just, it just hits different. And I think it's, it's just really beautiful to see that even in the education sector, they are allowing women to have more um, leadership roles and to kind of take on ownership of, you know, the right that they're in. So I think that's really mm-hmm. cool to acknowledge and to see for sure. Okay, y'all. So, you know, that was a wonderful topic on women's history and this honoring women and telling our journeys and stories. And we love it. We love it. But, you know, before the ending of every episode, we got to have a game. So we are doing game time. That's what it's time for. So today's topic is talk legal to me. The rules of this game is we have three categories, easy, medium, and hard. And so, Aisha, we will have words for you, vocab, questions, scenarios, examples, who knows? And you just have to answer them and see if you get them right. Now. <laughs> now she okay. said you yes. have to just answer them. <laughs> you, you just got to know. You got to know these So the first one is a broad term that refers to the process of settling any dispute in court. I don't know. That's crazy. There's a lot of different terms. Um, see, so see, we don't know what we're doing. There's various ways you can settle a case. So settlement agreement, mediation agreement, final trial, um, dispute resolution. I mean, that's a few. She I already think... won the game, in my opinion. Right. <laughs> She's my lawyer. We just don't know. Okay, okay. it rhymes with interrogation. <laughs> Not Sierra. Uh, mediation. <laughs> mediation. Sierra. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I'm weak. I honestly feel like you got it. Um, it's litigation. <laughs> oh, I- litigation. <laughs> oh, Sierra, you making the easy category hard. Okay. Lord okay, so I'm gonna educate the people. Okay, so when you're going to the law school as a law student, there's two different areas typically that you go into: litigation and transaction. Litigation means you're going to be in court all the time. Transactional means you're more so working like in an office space. So those are sort of the distinctions we're seeing litigation, transaction. Okay. Okay. Now we know. Now we know. Great. Great. Medium category, supposedly. These are just words. We ain't got no categories. All right. If I am a gunner, what am I? If I am a gunner. Oh, wow. Um, in class, like within a class setting, mm-hmm. a know-it-all. <laughs> That's what we call gutters. Yep. You're a know-it-all, you know nothing. Hey, hey, the first one to answer questions, but we fill in all the exams. I yep. mean, loud. That is wrong. the definition of a gutter. She got wrong. that one easy, <laughs> easy. Okay, That's my right. next question is, um. What does pro bono mean? So basically, when you bring in cases pro bono, that means you're bringing in them for free. You're not being paid. You're not being billed. You're not receiving 
any compensation for it. You're just doing it pro bono without paying okay. for anything like that. Okay. So under what circumstances, a little side tangent, teaching mm -hmm. moment, under what circumstances would you do that? Is like, is that the lawyer's decision or because their client isn't able to pay? Yeah. So the lawyer, the lawyer can do that. And also we have an organization that we have a pro bono organization here that specifically allows attorneys mm -hmm. to bring in pro bono cases. So like right now I'm working on a pro bono case, um, basically helping individuals that have life sentences or death penalty sentences helping them try to get those appeals. So I'm not being compensated for it, paid or anything like that. It's just something that you sort of do out of the kindness of your heart if you have extra time. So you can do family law, criminal law. We've been getting a lot of landlord tenant stuff because y'all, things are very expensive right now. Mm -hmm. so we've been having a lot of that. So. Oh, cool. Anything. Oh, I love okay. that. Okay, pro hey, bono. Nice. Free, free 99. We love a free <laughs> experience. Yes, we do. Also, okay. In Dallas, if you make less than $50,000, you can go to the pro bono organization and they'll bring in your case free of charge. Just a little tidbit there for those that are out there that are making less than 50 grand. We're going to put that in the episode for our listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Put that out there. Yes. Okay. Is it my turn? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. What is habeas corpus? What is a habeas corpus? Okay. Wow. I know this. Um, so basically, if you get like a wrongful conviction, if you've been wrongfully convicted, you will essentially follow what's called a habeas corpus, try to get out of prison or wherever you're situated at. Ding, 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 ding. Because okay. I wrote the definition, so I wouldn't forget it. And that's literally what that means. What is a prima facie case? Oh, wow. So in a lot of cases, you'll have what you have to establish is burden of intent. Um, and so a prima facie case is basically what you would call in my um, background, it, it, it's an intentional tort, right? So it is a, let me break it down. I'm trying to break it down for y'all to understand. So like, for example, if you get convicted for murder, you have to establish intent. You have to establish that this person intentionally decided to go and kill this person. Whereas for other um, other um, charges, you don't have to establish that level of intent because it's a lot easier to establish like assault or something like that. You don't have to establish that high burden of intent. So it's just basically what you call an intentional tool, a charge where you have to establish intent. Okay. That's correct. I love this. I love learning. What's crazy yes. is I was a pre-law uh on the pre-law track in undergrad thought I was gonna do it child I didn't do it um wow. so this is just I'm living vicariously through you right now like I'm loving this hey sis, yes. it's still time <laughs> everybody be telling me that but I don't know I, I don't have know. 70 year olds in my class that oh, are wow. yes and there oh. are a lot of educators also that typically go back to law school right you never know I could go yes. back mm -hmm. I might go back All right, y'all. Well, that concludes our game. Talk legal to me. At the end of the day, Hayati should be your lawyer because why would you choose anyone else? So, no, that's right. Well, y'all, that's all we have for the episode today. To Joanna Sierra, thank you guys so much for coming on this podcast with me. To our guest, Aidesha, thank you so much for joining and sharing your mind, your heart, your story. We appreciate you so much. To all the listeners and watchers out there, y'all know we love y'all. We appreciate y'all so much more than you know. 
Yes, y'all. You know, the conversation does not stop here. Catch us bi-weekly on Fridays at noon. But in the meantime, follow us on Facebook and like us on Instagram. And of course, you know, you can always tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Girl Let Me Tell You Podcast. Thank y'all so much for having me. This was a very great conversation. I just want every Black woman out there to remember that you are enough. And don't forget to turn into Girl Let Me Tell You Podcast.